Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Private Wealth Team at Safaris. My name is Leonora Stevens and I'm a partner in the Private Wealth Team based in Bristol. I'm delighted to be joined virtually today by Mike Hodges, who's the Head of Private Wealth at Safaris based in Manchester. Hello, Mike. Hi, Leo. Um, we are both very pleased and excited to be introducing our first ever external speaker on our Private Wealth podcast. Today, we welcome Guy Broadfield from Burgess Salmon. Guy is a private wealth lawyer with a focus on tax and trust work, covering a range of areas, in particular, advising entrepreneurs on exit planning and tax structuring. Welcome, Guy. Hello, both. So back in July 2021, we recorded our first ever podcast, which covered the topic of family investment companies, commonly referred to as FIX, where we discussed what they are, why our clients use them, and some common misunderstandings about them. That first podcast is still the podcast with our greatest number of downloads, even though we have recorded a further 14. So please do listen to others if you haven't already. We thought that in this podcast, two years later, we would have an update. So are clients still using FIX as a structure? And are they as popular as they were? Are we seeing any problems with them for clients in achieving their objectives, which they had on set up? And what are the most popular sorts of questions we're being asked relating to FIX and their structures? I thought I'd start with a brief recap. What is a FIC? A FIC is simply a company and is used by families as a vehicle to hold their wealth as an alternative to trusts, where with some families, the intention is to pass some of the value to the next generation in a tax-efficient structure. It can be as simple or as complicated as you want. It really depends on what the objectives of the client are. For example, you can set the company up with alphabet shares to enable differing levels of dividends to be paid out, or with growth shares, whereby the growth and the value of the shares can be attributed to a certain share class once the hurdle is met, so as not to increase a client's asset base. With respect to the taxation of the FIC, they're taxed at the rates of corporation tax, which is now at 25%, but prior to April 23, it was only 19 But the benefit in most cases of FICs is that companies don't often suffer tax um, on dividends that they receive. So if you've got an investment portfolio, it can be quite an efficient way of growing your pot of funds. The next tax to consider is how profits are paid out. And these are taxed as dividends in the hands of the shareholders at the relevant rates. So it starts 8.75%, then 33.75% and up to 39.35%. So from a tax perspective, a fit can now seem quite onerous if you've got the corporation tax rate and then the dividend rate upon withdrawal. So back to the topic of the podcast. A client still wanting to use FIX and are they as popular? Guy, are you, are you still seeing as much interest from clients wanting to set them up? Uh, yes, I think the broad answer is, is yes. It's still an option we discuss with our clients regularly. Uh, it often appeals to clients who may have a, a financial background or a business background and who understand how companies work um, with different share classes and, and the roles of directors, for example. The rationale for using FIX uh, for estate planning really applies to a much wider set of clients, and, and we continue to to discuss that with our with our with our clients today. I mean, if you look at what they're trying to achieve, you know, FIC can be used, as you said, as a long term vehicle to hold family wealth. That that remains the case today. It has the ability to separate control about financial decisions from possibly the economic benefit from, from the assets. So typically, you might find mum and dad are directors of the company and hold voting shares, which gives them an element of control about decisions, board level and at shareholder level. With the children, 
owning an economic interest in, in the company. And so that separation of control and benefit works quite well and continues to work quite well for, for our clients. And in that sense, is is akin to a trust where, of course, decisions uh, about assets are well, the responsibility of the trustees and they might be different from, from the beneficiaries. So that, that still um, is, a, is a good reason to explore using them. But as you said, it, it really depends what the client's objectives are. Are they trying to achieve um, particular inheritance tax planning by passing, passing value down to the next generation? Are they interested in, in the roll-up elements of the FIC? I'm sure we can come on to talk about tax a little bit, but um, you know, that, not that, too much, guy. Not too not much. Too much. No, no, no. But that 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 investment piece and the ability to to roll up income and gains in in the company remains a uh, something to consider. Uh, and also, there's a wider educational element. Sometimes I find with FICs, whereby mum and dad can start talking to children about the family wealth uh, and explain to them about investment choices and how the family proposes to use their wealth over the long term. And the uh, FIC can can be a way to to raise that with the children in a in a discreet way. So, yeah, still very much talking to clients about them. But it's important to really understand why you might want to use a FIC. Then that really informs your choices about structure and various choices going forward. Mm. Mm. Mike, are you seeing are you seeing similar? Yeah, very much so. Both both with clients where we introduce the subject, but equally. It's out there, so it, it's something that 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 people raise off off their own bat. And I receive through our website quite a few external inquiries from people who aren't currently clients, and they have read up or they've come across the terminology. So so they are raising it themselves, which is quite interesting. There aren't many areas where that happens spontaneously, as it were. And I can't say. I've ever had anyone come to me over the many, many years I've been doing tax. I'm way older than you, both of you. Um, I've ever heard anyone, had anyone come to me and say, can I set up a trust? Brad Fick just just is, is currency out there. And, and going back to Guy's point, some of it is education because I've had conversations with people, one individual fairly recently who w- was listing the assets he, he'd got and, and there were vans and things he was using in the biz in his existing business i said well no you don't want to put those into a into a fic that's that's just going to c- cause confusion so so there's there's the education piece for sure but it's definitely still out there and still something that people are are, are very focused on and and guy are you are you saying sort of are there any issues that clients have got with existing fix or sort of other things that have been raised as part of the planning that that you're seeing as a sort of hot topic uh, a few spring to mind. I mean, I, I think certainly at the outset, it's important for a client before they implement the FIC planning to understand how it works in terms of what the points are when the FIC's created, what the possible points might be during the lifetime of the FIC, and then also how you bring the FIC to an end, should you wish. Now, in terms of issues or points to consider as the FIC goes along, I think certainly at the moment, where a FIC possibly has been funded by way of loan, which may or may not be of interest. But if, if there are arrangements whereby the loan funding is, is at interest, and as we move into a higher interest rate environment, depending on the terms of the loan, that would be something that clients should be revisiting. And I think it would be worth considering how you have funded the, the FIC, whether you do have any arrangements at interest, and what that looks like now 
as we you know in this current higher interest rate environment of course it depends about whether whether your the terms of your loans and whether they're subject to an index like cpi for example or not but i think that's something to to revisit i mean in terms of wider tax policy and how hmrc views fix i think that's always something just to keep keep in mind hmrc have previously and i'm sure you've discussed this on the on, on the previous podcast but they had they set up a team to look at fix mm. and work out whether they were vehicles for particularly aggressive planning and in broad terms the conclusion of that team was was that they weren't any more likely to be vehicles for for avoidance but i think part of the reason for that is you know there are existing tax rules there that can bite when it comes to fix uh, and it's important to be aware of those and understand that certain choices you make around the fic over the course of its lifetime can lead to certain tax consequences so a yeah, current top topic would be the interest rates but always say it's something you really need to engage with and if you start changing share capital structure for example then you need to be aware of the possible tax consequences of that mm. Yeah, well, I think because we we always say, don't we, is the, is the key when when clients are considering fix, we say structure, 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 objectives, and also sort of incorporate. You don't don't just need a private client lawyer; you also need the corporate lawyer so that you can both feed in from the different perspectives, and obviously a tax advisor. But you know, if clients have set up fix and they think actually I want to change the structure, so I've got a case at the moment where we are it was set up very simply, but we are now incorporating trust doing different share classes so it can be done as you say there are just tax implications at that point and you've got to have valuations and things like that but so it's not you know it's not a matter of okay if you don't do this now you'll never be able to change it you can you just might have the tax implications at the time and it's it's not like it's a tax-free vehicle because you're still depending on how you fund it obviously but you're still going to be taxed on the dividends when you take it out there's still corporation tax if you've got any sort of relevant income for that purpose so it's just a a deferral technique not an avoidance but mike have you got any other sort of interesting questions that you've been having on fix yeah the one the one that came up most recently started with someone being approached by his investment managers or advisors wanting to increase their fees and if you if you've got an investment portfolio as an individual that, that there's no tax deduction for that you just pay that gross whereas it can be that in a an investment company scenario where the company is carrying on a business it may be that there's a corporation tax deduction so so the, the discussion started from that from that point and that's one of the sort of cliche advantages if you're going through your your list of potential advantages that's one of them but I've, that's the first time i've had that as the, as the starting point but i think that leads on to the discussion and I've jotted down on my piece of paper here, there is no one-size-fits-all solution here. These are all very much bespoke. They're bespoke because every individual is trying to achieve different things within their own personal and and family setup. So if if people come along and expect Guy to have a template or us to have a template, there isn't one. Yes, there are certain underlying principles, but all along you're looking at this being very bespoke to the particular circumstances. Um, and that's where all the advice comes on all the different angles and elements. Um, and I guess the the final point, and we 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 don't major on it, and we can't get into the 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 weeds on it. But the 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 political 
backdrop to all of these things we can't ignore because I guess we're within 12, 18 months of an election, possible change of government. So, so you're you're then trying to build in flexibility so that if changes come along, you haven't, as you said, with with your reorganization point, Leo, you, you need to be able to to revisit and you haven't stuck yourself into something you simply cannot change because because circumstances may change as they may within the family that you're advising. So flexibility is probably a, a key watchword when when you're looking at setting one of these up. Yeah, actually, I, you mentioned earlier about the sort of the, the emails you get through the website. The most common ones I get are people with resident with rental properties saying, "Can we put that into a fic, and uh, and how do we get that then to our children?" And so it depends on the value with all this thing. And sort of is yeah. is it worth going through the procedure, depending on the value of the assets you're going to put in, and what's again, what's the objective? Yes. It's a key word, really, isn't it? Um, what, what all, are you all the get? taxes, yeah. Yeah. And and my worry there, if it's residential property, it is even though they set off saying, well, we'll we won't occupy it, is might might there be a situation where they end up or someone in the family ends up occupying it and then you, you can have a whole list of issues that you really are, are better off not having. Yeah. So that always makes me slightly nervous. It's important for the family and particularly mum and dad to understand that they do wear a number of different hats when it comes to yeah. a, a fic. Yeah. You know they are directors and that brings with it certain duties and responsibilities mm. in some cases they remain voting shareholders as well but certainly as directors they need to be aware of the performance of the company's assets and what's going on and so yeah. you might find particularly over the last 18 months that discretionary investment portfolios uh, have not performed as well as they had historically and that's something that the directors mum and dad have to have to keep an eye on um, mm. Mm. And start to, but as you said, Mike, very much depends on what what's in the the fic. If there is yeah. property in there, are there other direct shareholdings? Are there discretionary portfolios? Mm. Uh, there there is a regular review process there for yeah. mum and dad, and perhaps with with the children as well, just to understand what's going on and what's happened, and for good or or worse. I I think your point earlier on, guy, about involving the whole family is a really powerful one, and I think in that context companies are, are just more friendly than trusts i think if you say trust to the majority of people conceptually it's just they're just odd i know we, we're familiar with them so we said we perhaps take that for granted but but company just is is warmer and more friendly trust feels a bit more yeah you can feel shutters go down if you say trusts to, to clients or, or or people in general which i guess is is understandable and that and that's why you know we in these podcasts we steer away from using using too much jargon and talking about tax too much because we don't want to uh, to get people turning off there from listening to us. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think certainly, as I said before, for those clients with a financial background who are operating in, in possibly in financial services or professional services, then yeah, companies make more sense to them. Yeah. And and broadly, you know, we, we start to explore family investment companies where, you know, there is significant possibly liquid wealth Mm. which is more difficult to put into a trust yep. straight yep. off the bat for, for various inheritance tax reasons that mm. we can discuss another time. But Unless they've done the planning pre-sale. So they and, unless, yeah. unless they're yeah. exactly, which, which is a, probably a, a topic for another podcast. Yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And I think um, also entrepreneurial clients have, have typically operated through a company, so it is just something they may not understand or what their responsibilities have been as directors, but they've got on and done it. So so there isn't this barrier 
that you might have with a with a, a trust. Exactly, and I've, I've certainly seen examples where clients have used well for want of a better word a personal investment company so it looks yeah. like a family investment company yeah. but they remain the sole shareholder and mm. owner and then they use it as a vehicle to make various investments yeah um which is on on the way to becoming a family investment company but it just as you said it appeals more to certain entrepreneurial clients mm. um and sometimes that might morph into a family investment company or indeed they might set up a separate company which is more the family vehicle yeah but i agree it's um uh, well, it's probably a topic for another time to talk about yeah. use of trusts. I think we've got three yeah. or four, haven't we? That got the guys jotting or Leo's jotting down. Yeah. Well, it depends. It depends if you have me back. But we'll, we'll see. <laughs> well, we'll have to review that after the event, guy, and get get some feedback from listeners. And no, I'm I'm sure yeah, we will. How many we get? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, guided by the data, as always. Indeed. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, yeah, I suppose the key is, isn't it, is that speak to your advisors if you're about to set one up or you're thinking about it or you've got one set up. Do you uh, touch base with them so that you can make sure that any sort of risk areas have been covered off? But it remains me to say a big thank you to Guy and Mike for joining me today for what's been a very interesting discussion. We work with a wide range of clients and many are UK based and many live overseas, but have got interests here, whether that's property, business interests or investments. We advise individuals and families on how best to safeguard and maintain and enhance their wealth and the most appropriate methods of passing on that wealth to the next generation. We also help people comply with tax rules in the UK, which can be complex. If you'd like to find out more about FIX, please head over to the Safri's website at www.safri.com, where we have a fact sheet explaining more about the technical ins and outs. However, it's important for me to stress that if you're considering setting up a family investment company or altering an existing structure, all set up, you must always take professional advice based on your individual circumstances. Thank you for listening.